Rhubarb Radio. This is Rhubarb Cares. Caring for your health and well-being. With WDH CareLink. Always here when you can't be there. So it's Dave Adams here on Rhubarb Radio where this evening we have a special feature. WDH, who sponsors our Rhubarb Cares, is in the studio with a number of guests talking about energy-saving tips. And let's be honest... We need all the help we can get in terms of saving on energy at the moment into 2024. And yes, it's winter and those bills, I can imagine, are high. So we're going to give you some great tips. Thanks to WDH. So in the studio this evening, I've got John Pickles, who's Senior Project Officer at WDH. Good evening to you. Good evening. And Marcus Jolly from Green Doctor. Good evening to you, Marcus. Good evening. Now, we're going to be finding out a lot, first of all, about your organisations. And then we're going to be answering some questions about how you can save money on energy at this difficult time especially in winter so john let's just talk a little bit about wdh for those people that don't know three letters but what does it all mean so yeah wdh west yorkshire's largest housing association we're all about creating confident communities so that goes from looking at improving our our homes in terms of their appearance but also their energy efficiency we're investing millions of pounds into our properties to try to make them more energy efficient with the current energy crisis and this feature this evening is all about how we can help our tenants and other listeners out there learn the best ways in which they can use the heating and power their home. Difficult time at the moment, as I've just said. So you are definitely the people that can help. And, and Marcus from Green Doctor, tell us a little bit about yourselves. So we're an energy advice agency. We mainly work in West Yorkshire, but we cover all of, all of West Yorkshire. And there's various different Green Doctor teams that work across the country. We mainly do home visits and telephone calls to try and support people, reduce what they're spending on the bills and then keep warm over the winter. OK, so bringing the two of you together, tell us the link with WDH and Green Doctor. Yeah, so we've got a fantastic relationship with the Green Doctors. Um, any of our tenants that have got any problems with their energy or wanting to know the best way to run their heating system can have a, a Green Doctor referral where um, one of Marcus's colleagues will come out and visit them in person, mm. install some um, small measures like LED light bulbs or do draft proofing, but also help with general billing inquiries with respect to their gas and electric bills. Excellent. Right. Now, John, the current situation. We know prices had come down a little bit. Yeah. But where are we now? Where is 2024, the beginning of 2024? Where are we heading to? What's it like in terms of energy costs? Well, it's not a happy new year, unfortunately, for um, the energy customers. So the the price cap is rising um, this month. And so that's going to mean more money on your bills, unfortunately. So it's a a small increase, but it's an increase nonetheless. And everyone's feeling the pinch after Christmas and with all the the big bills coming through uh, the letterbox. Okay, so that's why it's keen for us uh, to come in today to talk about the energy crisis. Absolutely brilliant. And it's great that you're here. WDH and Green Doctor. Going to find out more about energy saving tips. Got loads of advice for you with John and Marcus. And we're going to do that next. Rhubarb Cares, caring for your health and well-being. With WDH CareLink, always here when you can't be there. So it's Dave Adams here on a special WDH Rhubarb Cares this Tuesday evening. I'm with John Pickles, Senior Project Officer at WDH, and also Marcus Jolly from Green Doctor. And now we want tips, we want advice. You've said, John, 
It's getting more expensive. We're in the middle of winter. So we want to know ideas of saving money. We've got some great questions here that we're going to talk to both of you about and get some ideas of how we can save money at this difficult time. So I'm going to throw them at you. Are you ready? So, John, let's start with yourself. Is it better putting your heating on and off or keeping it on a constant? So I would agree with the Energy Saving Trust guidance, which says that it should be on a timer. So it should be coming on and off as you need it. What we'd recommend is that it comes on around about 30 minutes before you need it so your home can warm up. But likewise, when you're due to leave the property or go to bed, it turns off about 30 minutes before you go. So you're not heating an empty home or you're not heating your home when you're asleep. Marcus, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree completely. Um, it just depends. I think it depends on just people's lives and kind of what you're doing. So if, you, if you're not spending a lot of time in the property, there's no point heating an empty property, basically. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, uh, John, will my home warm up quicker if I turn the thermostat up? A lot of people do it. I've done it. You think, oh, it's cold. Let's turn it up 21, 22. Is that the best way of doing it? No, that, that's unfortunately a bit of a myth there. So it's not like a, a, a sound control on your radio where if you turn it louder, um, then it gets to a, a higher volume quicker. Mm. When you turn the thermostat up, it just sort of changes the goalpost. So it says that my heating will only turn off when it achieves a certain temperature. So if you've got it at 22, for example, it'll take time and mm. money to heat to that temperature. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll come back to the temperatures, the ideal temperatures shortly that you should have your heating at. So many of your tenants who live in high rise blocks, you've got a number of high rise blocks around the Wakefield district. They heat their homes with storage heaters Oh, the good old storage heaters, which we have here at Rhubarb. But what is the best way to use a storage heater? So storage heaters, they've got two controls. Typically, they've got an input and an output. And what we'd recommend is that you set the input level dependent on the room so it might be in your bedroom that you'd want that maybe at number three so it goes one through six mm. um, are the numbers on the, the input uh, the output is a little bit more on how quickly the heat's released and so that one then the colder you are the higher the output level you'd like however similar to with the central heating you should turn it down to minimum if you're leaving the room or if you're going to bed so you're not losing that heat so you can adjust it and you should be looking at adjusting it, not just leaving it at one number. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus. I'd say, yeah, absolutely. I'd say the the sort of key thing with the input control is because the heat, the storage heat is charging up the night before. So it's charging up on the cheap, on like cheaper a night rate. Mm. It's all thinking about kind of the next day, really, with the heat, the input control. Yes. So the, the output's very much like how much heat you're getting out at the moment. What it does is it controls, there's a, like a, what they call a damper basically inside the storage heat which controls how much heat's letting out yeah. at the moment um the input control is controlling how much heat is taken in overnight so if it's set very low it's not going to take in much heat it's, if it's set very high it's going to take in a lot of a lot of energy i suppose the risk of having it too low is that you could you could be running out of heat the next day if it's not warm yeah, enough it's basically the whole idea of storage because yeah. it's storing the heat but if it's too low it won't where should you keep it at where's best it can mm. it can vary on the season to be honest as well so oh, if, it's, okay. if it's colder if it's if, mm. or if it's a particularly cold day if it's if it's a large room and maybe it's really cold the next day you might have it quite high maybe about five or six right if it's maybe it's the spring or so you might be looking at two or three or if it's a small room uh, yes as you're you saying yeah. Down. yeah yeah and then turn it off in summer yeah exactly yeah well if you're warm enough there's no need for it turn it off in summer yeah Yeah. best way to use it yeah so john if i turn my thermostatic radiator valves down will that save me money not Mm. in isolation no so the thermostatic radiator valve that controls how much heat's let into the, the water's let into the radiator to give you heat and so if you turn that one down then if you've got a wall thermostat as well then it'll just um continue working as normally but will reduce the flow 
So what you need to do is work it in combination with the wall thermostat, so have that at an appropriate level, and then reduce the TRV number. Marcus, thoughts? I'd, I'd say you just have it on, on five for the most part in the rooms that are used regularly. Um, right, and okay. Maybe there's the argument for if you've got a really big house yes. or rooms that are never used, you might turn it down, but it's still, it's still I wouldn't, I often wouldn't recommend turning them off completely yeah. just because then you're more at risk of having that room being particularly cold and then maybe you're looking at things like damp molded condensation in those rooms. Of course, potentially. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of older houses, the radiators don't have the numbers on. Is it worth then making sure you get those changed so you have that control with the numbers? What do you think, John? It's good for comfort level, certainly. Uh, right. I mean, with the, um, the numbers, then it gives you that bit of flexibility, yeah. you know, where you can have it at an appropriate temperature for the room. So, for example, people might not like it too warm in their bedroom, but want it quite warm in the sitting room where they just sat down. And so you can adjust it then. There is some adjustment then if you've got those numbers. Yeah, Marcus? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I agree, agree completely. I, th- I think it's important to say with all these things, it's all about how much it's going to cost in the first place and kind yeah. of what, out, what benefit you're looking at from it. If in this example person's house, is there something else they could do that's going to cost a similar amount? I don't know. Exact cost of how much a TRV are. TRV will cost for like an entire house. TRV yeah. is? Thermostatic radiator valves. I know. You're all technical because yes. you know. Sorry, yeah. Therm- for our, for so, our audience, thermostatic radiator valves, the valves actually yeah. on them, yeah? So if it's if it's going to make a significant difference to that person, yeah. maybe it's worth it. But is there anything else they could do? Maybe if there's um, maybe like updating the heating controls themselves, like the thermostat might be a better yeah. choice depending on that situation. Okay. Great question coming up next, which actually very much appertains to us in our offices upstairs. And Marcus, you've, you've experienced this. Is it cheaper to stay in one room with an electric heater on? Because that's what we've got upstairs. We've not got our main heating on at the moment. Uh, is it cheaper? Potentially, yeah. I mean, if you are not having your central heating on and you've just got, for example... Um, a heated blanket or a heater, then it might be it'd be cheaper. Electricity is more expensive. However, if you've got the whole um, house to heat, that might be more costly to do it with the, the central heating system. But like Marcus had said earlier, with damp mould and condensation, you don't really want to be just mm. heating the one room because it'll create cold spots in your home. Yeah, exactly. Some fantastic answers, great ideas to save energy at this difficult time. We want to find out more with John and Marcus, and we're going to do that next. Rhubarb Cares, caring for your health and well-being. With WDH CareLink, always here when you can't be there. Dave Adams here on a special WDH Rhubarb Cares this Tuesday evening. I'm with John Pickles, Senior Project Officer at WDH, and also Marcus Jolly from Green Doctor. More questions for you guys. I hope you're ready for this. Here we go. We've got some really good ones here. Um, So does it use more money to keep turning your lights on and off instead of leaving them on all the time? Now, instantly, I would say it's got to be on and off. But Marcus, let's start with you. I'd say for the yeah, your you, your your first instincts are probably right in the, mo- the majority of cases. <laughs> Imagine to be that you honest, just yeah. leave them on. Yeah, exactly. Really? Especially with with lighting, especially if you've got kind of modern LED light bulbs, the cost is so is right. pretty small to be honest. Yes. So generally, like it's not one to worry about really. Okay. I mean, absolutely, like absolutely. If you've got if you've got older light bulbs or anything like mm. that, um, it can make quite a significant saving change in those. Right. So if you're changing maybe like a 60 watt light bulb, like an older one, yeah. um, to a to a modern LED light bulb, you can be looking at about 10 pounds a year. Right. Which isn't isn't much on its own, but yeah. as if you're changing a whole house, all of a sudden yeah. it's, really, it's not insignificant. Yeah. As I understand, the one edge case where we kind of say it might be cheaper to leave it on is if it's like an old incandescent light or CFL strip light, I think they're called. Like right. an old strip the light. Old, the old get. strip lights yeah, that we exactly. used to have a lot in the kitchen. Where they're or sort whatever. of flickering on to, yeah. and off to come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those ones, I've heard that they can be quite 
more expensive. Really? The, the, okay. It's more expensive. It uses more energy to turn them on, basically. Yes. So if you just flick it on and off yeah, all the yeah. time, it can rad up a bit. Right. John, your thoughts? Yeah. No, Marcus is spot on there. So um, basically, where there's a light and it takes a long time to, to light up, that's where it's using the energy is to sort of whir in and sort of bring the brightness to the room. Yeah. Whereas modern lights just do it in an instant. So it's always better to turn it on and off when you just need it. Yeah. Rather than just leave them on. Yeah. Now, this is a good question. Does having lots of stuff in my loft act as insulation? Now, John. No. So I know lots of people <laughs> will be uh, putting lots of things like their Christmas decorations in the, yeah. uh, the loft following yeah. the, the new year. Uh, but no, what you're looking at is you're trying to insulate the air. And so if you're trapping the, the air within the, the loft by putting lots of heavy boxes um, right. up there, then there's not the airflow. And so you, you're not going to be warming it up. And you can always tell a property where it's got good insulation in the loft because you can see the, the snow is still on the, the roof because the heat's not escaping. Ah, Whereas if you see a property without any snow on the roof or any ice, then you yeah. know that's poorly insulated. Right, okay. We're talking about insulation, John. Tell us about the tips and advice on insulation and what you should get and what you need. So um, insulation's key, really. So no one wants to heat um, a home or heat the, heat the street, in effect, if you've got a poorly insulated property. So um, what you need to be looking at is, does my home have insulation? If you're a WDH customer, then we'll check the EPC, um, and that's the Energy Performance Certificate, where it identifies, is there any insulation in the property and could it be improved upon? So if there are any listeners out there who are a WDH customer and it says that they could top up their loft insulation on their EPC, then just give us a, a call and we can arrange a surveyor to do a physical inspection of their loft. We can also look at the, the walls just to make sure they're properly insulated. You lose a lot of heat through the walls and through the, uh, the roof, but also through windows and doors. So what we'd recommend is even just a small measures, putting things like door curtains up, okay. and, yeah. um, making sure that on an evening you're closing the curtains so you can trap the heat inside your home yeah. instead of heating the garden and the street. Yeah. So, John, great advice for WDH customers, but also for everybody else. Marcus, just pick up on this if you would. So I think absolutely. And what John said on the EPCs kind of applies for anyone, anyone living in any yeah, house, really. You've sure. got an EPC for, for your property, which if your house has been bought, sold or rented or anything in the last sort of 10 to 15 years, it probably will do. It'll have some recommendations that you can get. Um, in terms of maybe people that own their own property or mm. it's a private rented property, there is kind of more funding out there nowadays than there has been for a little while okay. in terms of um, insulation grants and that sort of thing. Yes. So it's worth it's worthwhile looking into. There's a couple eco for. Um, right. The Great British Insulation Scheme, as well yeah. as one called um, Home Upgrade Grants okay. and the Boiler Upgrade Scheme that are out at the moment, which are kind of looking at home improvements for other tenures as well. Great advice. Yeah. So make sure that you're looking and seeing if that's possible. So I would have thought also, Marcus, through the council, Wakefield Council, Kirklees Council, um, have a look at the info on there. There may be support. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, most councils generally seem to have these days a like energy efficiency page, yes. which kind of gives you a bit of a to starting you, point. To give you that yeah. help. I'm sure that's there, yeah. So what are the best ways to keep my house warm? Great question. How do you keep your house warm? Marcus, let's start with you. Good question. I think that's a really difficult question just because uh, <laughs> we've got people, such a yeah? yeah we've got such a broad scope there. So it, it depends so much on your house. To be honest, okay. We all live in different houses that are maybe different sizes, different levels of insulation. Sure. With your, if you're talking about gas central heating, just sort of setting, your, as we kind of said before, sort of setting your programmer, um, setting your your thermostat correctly is a really good starting point, and understanding your heating system, yes. and um, especially complexities. Maybe if you've got like a either a 
storage heater system or heat pumps or something like that, yeah. kind of getting a good understanding of your heating system in your building is usually a good place to start. Right, okay, that, that's a very good point. John, you've got to add to this, haven't you, for some other areas? Yeah, so basically my tip for um, heating your home in the best and most efficient way, regardless of your heating system, is looking where your heat might be escaping. So if you've got any drafts in your property or... Um, considering um, the room so it's better to heat a smaller space than a larger space so instead of having your your internal doors open for example from your living room to your hallway then closing those doors closing the curtains on an evening so the heat can be trapped inside your property Hmm. and it'll get it to temperature much quicker simple easy ideas but will save you money yeah Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I need you guys to come over to my place because I've got a thermostat control one of these um, digital ones right and honestly, I think you need a degree in science to be able to understand them. I've still not got the idea of how you set them properly. So they, they can be difficult. But learn, you mentioned, Marcus, learn about your heating system to get the best out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I think for a lot of the uh, one of the advantages of the digital age, I suppose, is that, I mean, it might not be for everyone, but. Quite often on things like YouTube, you can find a great tutorial on how to use no, no, it. I have done it, and, uh, and I still, yeah, it's still complicated. It's my age. It's still, I'm just it's too still, old. It, they are some of them are still complicated. You've got a time and a temperature. And well, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. gives you like five days or seven days, and you can't uh, do anything yeah. between. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, get the point. Get to know your heating air now. Heated throws and electric blankets. Heated throws are huge. I know there's a huge marketing on TV at the moment for these heated throws. So how can you safely use heated throws, Marcus, and electric blankets? Good question. As I understand, for the most part, they're, they're quite good to use. Um, they can help you keep warm in the evening. I'd say one of the caveats is it's maybe it's not always a substitute for heating your home, fully just because as we're talking about things like yeah. thermal condensation. Yeah. But we're very aware that that's just not possible for a lot of people these days. Right. So kind of looking at these alternatives yes. sort of to keep just to keep warm, basically, is, is mm. the reality for a lot of people this winter, unfortunately. Yeah. In terms of using a heater throw, I know there's some uh, safety concerns around sort of young children and that sort of thing. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yes. Yeah, and just kind yeah. of being aware to not, I think you're, yeah. you're supposed to not leave them on overnight, basically, as yeah. well. So just being kind of conscious of that is really important. And the same with electric blankets, I would have yeah. thought. And never have hot water bottles with electric blankets. That's something you, you learn very quickly. Absolutely. John, your thoughts on this? Yeah, definitely water and electric blankets. No, mix. not good. <laughs> don't put uh, the two together. No. But what the fire brigades say, and we'd um, sort of concur, is if there's any frayed uh, wires or scorch mm. marks, just don't use the um, the electric blanket or the heated throw. Yes. Make sure you've purchased it from a reliable source. So um, buy it from a recommended retailer and it's got the kite mark or the uh, the brand on there you know and just make sure that it's on a timer and you're uh, you're acting responsibly you're not overloading any uh, sockets when you're, you're plugging them in absolutely so coming back to ideal temperatures for that thermostat so john let's start with your thoughts on this yeah, so it does all depend on, on your health and well-being. Um, but for most people, then between 18 and 21 is the, the optimum temperature to set your thermostat at right. when you're inside the property. If you slip below that level, it can start to have adverse impacts on your health. And if you go over 21, then each degree over can increase your gas bill by 10%. Mm. So we'd recommend that, that range. Okay, Marcus, the same? Yeah, exactly the same. I'd just say that um, for the majority of, sort of healthy adults, you may be looking at the lower end of that. Yes. That range sort of more like eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you kind of look, if you if people are elderly or if you've got young children or anyone with any sort of health conditions, anything like yeah. that at all, vulnerabilities, you're probably looking at the higher end of that, more like twenty one degrees. 
So, going to be coming back to John and to Marcus. More advice about how you can save money with your energy costs. And we're going to do that next. Rhubarb Cares. Caring for your health and well-being. With WDH CareLink. Always here when you can't be there. Dave Adams here on a special Rhubarb Cares with WDH. We're with John and we're with Marcus talking about energy saving tips. We need it, don't we? It's the middle of winter. And in 2024, we heard from John that the prices are going up again and they're already crazily high. So advice and information. So, John, let's talk about something called PSR and the PSR register. Yeah, so the PSR, that stands for Priority Services Register. And this is offered by all electric and gas companies. And basically, if you've got an adult in the property who's aged over 60, has any um, health concerns or children under the age of five, then you can qualify for the priority services register. And it makes you a priority if there's any power cuts. So if there's a power cut in the area, then your home will be prioritised to try to get back on supply sooner. Yeah, yeah. Um, If there's any special adaptations that your supplier can offer you. For example, people with arthritis, they might find it difficult to turn mm. the thermostatic radiator valves that we were talking about sure. earlier. Then you can get a, a rubber flange, which makes it a bit easier to turn those valves. Okay. Um, and all sorts of different um, adaptations. Right. You can make the bills in different formats. So if your eyesight isn't so good, you can make the, the print larger for the, the energy bills. Excellent. Marcus, yeah? Same? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And then, yeah, on the communication issues that... Um, so I suppose you might get slightly different services with, um, so it's in our area, it'll be your energy supplier, as well as Northern Power Grid, Northern Gas Networks and Yorkshire Water. Okay. All of which offer their own kind of services, I suppose. So Northern Power Grid focusing on power cuts. Yes. And Northern Gas focusing on any gas outages or anything like that at all. Right. And then Yorkshire Water in case there's any um, water outages. And then okay. your energy supplier offers a lot of support in terms of communication with bills. They can do like meter reading services. And it's a really ri- wide ranging service and definitely being on, worth being on if you are eligible. Excellent. And they're all easy to find. And so the PSR register then, Marcus, uh, one website will guide you to all the different areas, yeah? Yes. So they've all the gas and electric dis- distributors have put together one website to sort of a one-stop shop of really pointing good. in the right direction. Mm. So it's just called thepsr.co.uk. And you just go on there, put in your postcode, yes. and then it'll take you to the appropriate Excellent. website. Excellent. That's so easy to do. Right, Warm Home Discount. John, tell us about this. So the Warm Home Discount, it's been um, revolutionised this year, so you don't actually have to uh, apply for it. The government is sharing your um, details in terms of your entitlement to the electricity suppliers. And if you're eligible, you'll receive £150 off your bill okay. before the end of March this year. Right. Excellent. Yeah, Marcus... Uh, great way of getting some support then yeah absolutely yeah so it's available for um anyone with low energy efficiency rated property and they're on a, a low income for the right pit, uh, for the warming discount and automatically will come through then yeah yeah and yeah. It, i think it generally goes on to people's electric so if you've got right. different if you is that's i suppose worth caveating if you've got different suppliers or like a prepayment meter mm. Yeah, you'll generally get on to the electric. Some suppliers let you transfer the funds between okay. the gas and electric. You're on prepay for both, for example. So that's the warm home discount. The winter fuel payment, John, tell us about that one. Yeah, so eligible pensioners can receive between two and £300 towards their, their heating costs. And so that's uh, a government incentive is the uh, winter fuel allowance. Excellent. OK, Marcus? Yeah, and it's, it's just a really beneficial thing to help people help pensions keep warm, basically, over the winter. So, John, last year... Uh, we have the energy support scheme. It's not going to be there this year. 
No, unfortunately. Um, mm. Rishi's decided not to offer people um, the energy bill support scheme uh, this year, so there's no additional £66 towards your um, mm. energy bills this year. So it's going to mean that with the increasing uh, cost with the fuel cap going up, it's going to be harder hitting for, for our customers. So an overview of the outlook. I know you started with a dismal outlook for this year, but just give us a final thoughts on where it's going. Doom and gloom, I'm afraid. <laughs> no. What a great way to end. <laughs> the, the hope is is that um, it's reviewed every three months is mm. the, the energy price cap, and the hope is that the price cap will come down again in April. However, prices are still quite high, so it's always good to look at how you can use your fuel the most efficiently. And over the last half hour, you guys have done exactly that. Some great ideas about saving fuel. So now we want the all-important contact details. John, WDH, give us more information. Thank you. Yeah, so if you want to contact my team, it's the sustainability team at wdh.co.uk or you can go to our website, which is www.wdh.co.uk forward slash energy saving. That's got lots of good hints and tips and also contact details for our partners, such as the Green Doctors and Cashwise for any um, help and advice with budgeting. Okay, great. And Marcus, Green Doctor. Absolutely. So as, as I mentioned, we do um, telephone advice and home visits for people. Um, because we're a charity, we're funded, we've got limited resources. We do have to have some eligibility criteria in there. So it's for households um, with an income under 30,000 30, and savings under 16,000. So there's more information on our website, which is www.groundwork.org.uk slash Green Doctor. Or you can call us on 0300 303 3292. There's also a lot of really good information available online um, for further energy saving tips if anyone, anyone needs. So, for example, the Energy Saving Trust is a fantastic website with all kinds of information like, ranging from like behavioural advice, like what we've been talking about today, but also more details on um, insulating your home. Also, the NEA, uh, National Energy Action, is a leading fuel poverty charity, and they've got lots and lots of resources available on their website talking about the more practical things. So they've got like a practical guide for storage heaters and for damp bulb conversation for example as well yeah easy to do just search them and the advice will be there go on to their websites yeah john pickles senior project officer at wdh and marcus jolly from green doctor thank you for coming into studio some great ideas find out more go on to their website and also if you miss this going out on air you've got the podcast coming up on the rhubarb radio podcast as well and once again thank you for coming in thank you happy new year thanks for having us rhubarb cares Caring for your health and well-being. With WDH CareLink, always here when you can't be there. Visit wdh.co.uk slash carelink to find out more.